You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Welcome to part two of how to set goals like a boss. Last week, we talked about how to dream big and think about setting big goals for ourselves and knowing that we're worth the big goals. And today, I'm going to talk about how to create actionable steps to actually achieve those goals. Because I don't know about you, but when I think about my big dreams, my big plans, I get stuck in thinking, literally, what is my first step? And then before I know it, I don't do anything because I feel so overwhelmed by the big picture that I can't think about what the first step is to actually get the thing done. So today I'm going to share 10 actionable steps that you can implement. Like I said, you can literally start them today to achieve those goals that you have in mind. And chances are I might not hit your particular goal because I'm going to cover 10 things that we have in common as uh, bridal seamstresses. But if I don't cover your particular goal, I hope that this episode um, just helps kind of give you some creative juices of what your initial first step could be and how small it could be. (laughs) Sometimes we think of like our big goals and we don't realize that it's like, oh yeah, is those small actions that that lead to the big results. There's a great book on this topic called Atomic Habits. I forget the author, but I'm going to include the author in our show notes. I recently listened to it a few months ago. I know we talked about how I love to listen to my nonfiction books when I'm um, sewing, and that was a great one. It was like four or five hours long, so it was a really quick listen. And um, the theme of the book is that the, the big changes that we'd like to see in our lives really start with these small action steps. So that's what today's episode is all about. Let's dive in. Number one, get started. So to get the whole thing started, to start the biz, you've got to register your business. I don't know about you. This is something that I don't know why it was like totally a mental block for a really long time. <laughs> like probably two years. Okay. So I, I had my alterations business on the side as I was teaching. And then once I knew that I really wanted to commit to bridal sewing, I had a couple portfolio years. And then it was a matter of making the bridal sewing business official. And um, looking back, I'm like, I cannot believe it took me this long to register because the act of registering your business is literally like a 10 minute process. But it's the thoughts that go into it and the fears that go into it. Oh my goodness, all of a sudden it's official. Then what am I going to do? Those are the thoughts that take over. So I want you to think about that 10 minute process of registering your business, either as a sole proprietor or an S corp or an LLC. I would highly recommend Um, registering your business as an LLC. And what that does is it separates your personal assets, your personal name from your business. So heaven forbid, if something happens where you have, um, I don't want to say trouble with the law, but sure, if something heaven forbids happens, uh, you'll have that separation between yourself and your personal assets and your family from your business. And that is why I personally chose an LLC. There are other options that you can click on. This next year, I'm switching over to be an S-Corp, which is, I I honestly don't really know all the details of that. (laughs) 
but I'll let you know when I find out. And you're welcome to change um, what your business is um, is registered as down the road. But you're going to go to your state or your province's um, licensing website, and then there's a tab where you register your business, get a business license, and that's when you will get your, your tax number, your tax ID number, and also your business ID number. So those are two separate numbers. Like I said, 10-minute process, it's a $30 to $50 commitment, and it lasts for a whole year. And once your business is official, obviously you have the license that you can put on the wall, so you have that tangible evidence. And also, it just does so much for your mindset. Something shifts where you know that you're an official business owner, and all of a sudden, you're just ready to take on the world because you know that you're official. So that's the first step. Register your business. 10 minutes. You can do it. (laughs) And then DM me or send me a message when you're officially registered, okay? (laughs) Number two, making connections with local business owners. This is a goal that a lot of seamstresses have because our local connections, our real in-person relationships with other wedding vendors is so important and it helps build our rapport. It helps build our, um, what am I thinking? Our, our, good standing or good reputation in our community. But sometimes the thought of having that initial conversation with whether it be a wedding photographer or, um, you know, the cake designers, it can feel a little intimidating when you're the new kid on the block. So um, actually this month, the month of April, Secrets of Bridal Seamstress membership, we're talking all about building that rapport and true, genuine networking. I know that word is kind of like... Not super encouraged, but I feel like if you are a genuine networker and a genuine community builder, it can be a great word, okay? So we're talking all about community building and network building. But um, the specific step I want you to think about is connecting with your local bridal shop. So drop off the business cards. And that phrase is almost a little bit obsolete because business cards are becoming obsolete. But I say that because for, I'm going to say like six or seven months, I was so afraid to go to our local bridal shop and drop off my business cards. This was like six years ago when, you know, business cards were like still a thing. So Right now, it might look to you like dropping off your flyer or, or giving them the link to your website or some brochures to hand to brides, but it might not be specifically business cards. But taking that step to introduce yourself to the bridal shop owner says, I'm official, I can handle your dresses, and I'm ready to take on new clients. What it does not need to mean is I will take every single bride who calls me from your shop. <laughs> I think I think that's what scared me so much initially was, okay, once I introduce myself, the brides are going to start calling and then I'm going to have to take on everybody and I won't be ready. And that fear really limited me. So your number two um, small step is to contact your local bridal shop, whether it be email or a phone call, give them a heads up and um, ask when it would be a good time for you to come in and introduce yourself. And you're going to feel a little sweaty when you're in their parking lot, you know, before you walk in, but you're going to feel so good when you drive home knowing that you made that connection. You put yourself out there. Maybe you showed some pictures of your work or um, a brochure that you put together or a flyer. Um, We have some really great ideas uh, from Canva that, you know, how to um, 
as, have some pictures or some in, an infographic about our business uh, that you can bring. So whatever you're bringing to the bridal shop, make that connection, and that can be a game changer. Again, tangibly, because you're going to actually like receive clients from that bridal shop, but also like your mindset's going to change because you're telling yourself, I'm ready to accept brides and I'm ready to put myself out there. So if you're like me and you're sweating over that initial contact with your local bridal shop, do the thing, schedule the, the appointment. It won't be, um, like a formal appointment, you know, but it's good to give them a heads up. And we have, um, a module in our membership specifically about building relationships with our local bridal shops. So I'm not going to get too much into that, but I want to encourage you if you're on the fence, drive to the shop, drop off your business cards and make that in-person connection. Totally worth it. Okay. Number three, social media. Okay. So you want to become a, a social media influencer. Say if that was one of your big goals. Um, I doubt it was one of your big goals, but maybe you're thinking, okay, I actually want to have like a relevant social media account and like post somewhat regularly. That is like your big goal, but you're getting stuck in what should the first post be? That's totally normal because not only do you have posts, you have reels that you got to make and post your stories and post on lives. And it can feel so overwhelming and we kind of get caught in that what should I be posting and how often and and what do I have that's even like worth posting? Let me make it simple for you. I want you to post an introduction picture. Okay. So it's just like a standard post. Don't worry about stories or reels for now. Um, What's great about introduction posts is they're, you can use them like whenever you want to. It doesn't need to be your first post on your Instagram page, okay? Um, There's a hashtag Friday introductions that you can hop on that bandwagon. Um, If you notice that you have more followers all of a sudden, like you have 50 new followers or even 10, you can use that as an excuse to say, hey, I have some new followers. Let me introduce myself. It's the easiest post to make because it's like a picture of you, okay? It doesn't even have to be of you sewing. It doesn't have to be a professional photo. Um, Post a picture of yourself. This is my little formula, okay? Post a picture of yourself, where you're located, and who you love to serve. Maybe why you love what you do. Why do you love bridal sewing? And then you include some kind of like random facts about yourself and end with a question. So there's a gal in my membership who recently did this. And, you know, we were on the subject of Instagram and it was kind of like an intimidating subject. And um, we talked about creating that initial. Um, introduction post. And uh, granted, she had been posting before this, but this was kind of like the first official one that was going to start her new pattern of regular posting. And it was so cute. She posted a picture of herself. I think her husband took the picture. It was beautiful. And she uh, stated where she lived and who she served and why she loves bridal sewing. And then she said, when I'm not bridal sewing, you know, you can find me gardening. And then she ended with a really cute question. And it was like, um, my least favorite, she also talked, I think about like her pet or something. And then she said, my least favorite household chore is washing dishes. Um, what's your least favorite household chore? And it was so cute because it was very engaging. Everybody wants to talk about how much they hated doing the dishes or whatever. So people were commenting and replying and, um, it was just a great jump start. and you don't need to worry about what you're going to be posting tomorrow or the rest of the week. Just get that initial introduction post up 
and the next post is going to be easier. Trust me. It's just that first one. And sometimes I still feel that way if I take a break. Like if I'm feeling like just even the past couple weeks, I felt really overwhelmed with stuff going on in our lives. We moved and you know how all encompassing that is. It just takes over your life. So I I took some time off from Instagram and then wanting to come back, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to post? And I kind of let it like get to my head a little bit. Like I was overthinking it and I was like, nobody cares. Nobody's at the, is like sitting at the edge of their seat wondering like, where is she? What is she going to post next? <laughs> so why am I sweating over it? You know what I'm saying? So uh, just getting that first post out there and then moving on, it just gives you freedom from um, the pressure of creating this perfect post. Put something out there. If your face is on your feed, automatically you're going to get more engagement because that's how Instagram works. They love your beautiful face. And uh, then just worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. But it'll be easier once you have that first post done and done. Okay, one, two, three. Number four and five have the same immediate action step because they help two totally different facets of goal setting. So um, I want you to take out your timer and start timing how long it takes you to do basic alterations. So I'm talking about the things that you do on so many dresses, like lining hems, um, American bustle points. How much does each point or how long does each point take you? What about a French bustle point? How long does that take? How long does it take you to raise beaded straps? And I know there are so many variables, right? But we should have a really good idea of how long things take us to do. Oh, as much as I hate saying that because it hurts my pride. (laughs) Whenever I take the timer out, I always feel like, oh yeah, I can just whip this thing up in like 20 minutes, you know, and then like an hour and a half later, I'm still working on the thing. And then I realize that I am not as fast as I thought I was. I'm not superwoman. Things actually take time. But setting the timer is going to help with two goals. Number one, it's going to help with your pricing. Sometimes we sell ourselves short because we don't realize how much time things actually take to get done, okay? Um, Like a lace hem or golly, those horse hem, braid hem. I'm just, I cannot wait for those to like not be in style anymore. So if somebody can pass the word along to our favorite dress designers, we're over the horse hair. Okay. Oh, that's my little soapbox. Um, But if your goal is to raise your prices or to make your prices a little more comparable or maybe have them be higher than your competitors because you want to draw in a different type of client, you've got to know how long things take you so you can build your price list around your precious time, okay? And then the second reason, this is number five, second reason to set your timer is to um, help with your time management. This is a big goal for a lot of seamstresses because we work alone. We don't really have that accountability where it's like we have a coworker or a boss checking in on us like we are our own boss. So our own time management skills are so important. And um, if you know exactly how long things take, then you will be able to get the work done days in advance. Like (laughs) I made that comment in our last episode, like, you know, It's not uncommon to be sewing like the day before or the night before the bride is showing up. And we all want to be done like a week in advance or days in advance. And so to get to that point where you have, you know, like like lower blood pressure, you have to know how long things take you and be honest with yourself, as hard as it is, to plan accordingly. So number four is... um, 
adjusting, raising your prices. And number five is um, creating a time management system that works. Both of those things require the first actionable step, which is setting your timer. Oh my goodness. Okay. This uh, six and seven also have the same first step for both goals. So number six, if you want to be keeping track of your money goals, you have big money goals and you cannot wait to make this certain amount each month, you've got to open a bank account that is specific to your business. And number seven, not only will it help your uh money goals, it's also going to help your tax preparations. This is a big thing where it's like we all want to feel better come spring or like, you know, early, early spring, what, late winter? Winter taxes. April? I got mine done early this year, which speaking of goals, that felt so good to get them done early. But it was because I set up my banking system. I have a separate bank card that I use. Everything is in its own bank account so I can keep track of things so much easier. And getting things ready for my CPA was a breeze knowing that all of my money in and out was coming from one bank account. I didn't have to worry about my my, my husband's account that we share together. It was completely separate and like very well organized. So if you are thinking of managing your um, your personal business goals, like your financial business goals, separate from your family's income. Or if you want to feel more prepared come tax season 2023, open that separate bank account. And we had a specific um, episode. This is probably like what, like a month and a half ago about tax prep. And um, our guest CPA was telling us that just the act of opening your own bank account is setting yourself up for success. And you're telling yourself, I believe in myself, I'm going to make money, and I'm going to be able to see it grow because I'm setting myself up for success and I'm believing in myself with this bank account. Okay, so number six and seven, your um, money goals, setting those money goals and those tax prep goals are both accomplished by opening a separate bank account. And it just feels really good. And then you get the app on your phone and then you can follow everything, everything going in, going out. This is a total side note, but when you first open that bank account, expect to spend a little more because you have to invest in all of your new equipment and all of your new tools that you need. So you're going to see some money going out just as much as you're going to see that new money coming in. It's very exciting, but that first year seeing the money leave is totally normal and just trust yourself and trust the process that the money is going to come back. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Number eight, This is a very exciting one. Moving your business outside of the house. That is your big goal. And the first actionable step that you could do is contact a vacant commercial space and go inside of it. Okay, I don't care how much the rent is. I don't even care really where the location is. But if you see a vacant um, retail space, or commercial space, and you know what, you're probably really likely to see them now just because of things kind of going on in our country. There are a lot of openings in um, shop spaces, unfortunately. So um, at least I know that around our area, it might not be the same with you. But get that phone call into the landlord, get into the commercial space. And what you're doing is you're telling yourself that you are not making up these crazy dreams. You have real legit goals that can work. So when like physically your body gets into that rental space, you start envisioning, oh my goodness, my machine's going to go there. My dresses can go here. The dressing room will be here. And all of a sudden it becomes real and attainable. And then also you're going to have like a a monthly amount that you can at least 
compare. You know what I mean? Sometimes when we first get into this, you don't even know what you would be paying for rent. You don't even know it would be like considered like super high rent or average. So get into one commercial space and then the next one will be the comparison. And then that's when you just start narrowing down exactly where you want to have your shop. And maybe if you, um, even have like a six month goal, like in six months, I want to move out. I would say, start checking out spaces now. You know, it's kind of like when you want to buy a house and then you just go to open houses to see what the what it feels like to walk through and just get familiar with the process. It's the same thing if you want to move your business out of the house. Get your butt out of the house and start looking at those storefronts and it's like a, a breath of fresh air is going to come into your business and I promise you you're going to have new motivation and just knowledge. You're not going to feel so lost in the whole process, but it's going to feel like, okay, this is doable and you have um, just, uh, more knowledge of the overall process. Okay. Uh, number nine, building a website. Okay. That is a very big and scary goal. If you are anything like me, you are, um, very tech, you have lots of tech deficits. Okay. If, but you might not be, you may be like totally into website creation and design and you don't feel intimidated by this. And so if that is the case, then more power to you. Uh, We have a great web designer that works with our members, Travis Sinks, and he actually offers a special service for our members where he designs um, custom websites and works with your branding colors. And I love that because um, spending time on my website is like... uh, it's terrifying and it's torturous and I, I waste so much time on it. Um, but so this, this, um, number nine is basically just for you. If you feel like websites in general are overwhelming. Okay. If, if this isn't, if you're like, Oh, oops, I just totally hit my microphone. (laughs) If you're feeling like this is your jam, then disregard. So the first step that you can take with building your website is to buy the domain name. That was really hard for me to say. Buy the domain name. So go to GoDaddy or you can go to Squarespace and you can claim your domain. Uh, This is just the first step, okay? And then you go to Wix or Squarespace and you build a free website. And when I say build a website, I just want you to have a welcome page that has the name of your business and the city where you're located. And then I want you to have a contact so that your brides can email you. Okay, very easy peasy. You got your domain name. That takes you like five minutes. I think it costs like under $100. And then you go to a free website service, Wix or Squarespace. You know, they have those like pre-made cute looking websites. And the only page that you need is a welcome page with where you're located. And then there's a little contact tab so a bride can contact you. Now, this is not how your website is going to live forever. But guess what? You have a website. And then once you have a website, you can build stuff on it and you can get somebody like Travis to help you with actually customizing it. Or you can go back to it, you know, next week or in a couple weeks and spend more time and get the photographs together and build it and, you know, tweak it. But the first step is to get that domain name and get a website up and running. It all goes back to our mindset because once it's official and once we have a website, it's like something clicks and it's like, we're the real deal. I have a website. You know, it like it's kind of a confidence booster. So you do not need to create this multifaceted, you know, super 
high-tech website right now, but you do need to just claim the domain and get the website up and running. And uh, do yourself a favor because then your confidence is going to be boosted and you know that you can go back and edit it later, but you just get the thing, okay? And then the final uh, actionable step, number 10, hiring out. If you are thinking about hiring somebody on your team or you're thinking that your um, your workload is a little bit too heavy and you need somebody else to help you out, the first thing that you can do is write a list of all of the tasks that you do in your business. Everything from steaming dresses to sewing, contacting brides, um, sending out emails, creating reels, you know, building your social media, building a website, all the things that are that are included within your business and then define what the things are that you are the one that absolutely has to do them. Because sometimes when we think, oh, I need to hire help, we automatically go to, I need somebody to sew for me. But what if you had somebody to um, take care of booking? Or what if, even better, you have an automatic booking system. At first, I almost hired somebody to help me with booking appointments. And then I found a great free booking system that was such a lifesaver. And I have a, an automated way to contact to um, stay in contact with my brides and reply to their inquiries. A lot of that is through my website, which is so helpful. Um, I thought that I wanted assistance through emails. And I tried that for a while. And then I found a better way to work my own emails. So you can find automated automated help, um, especially in a world where we have virtual assistants ready to help us. That is also another option. So you may not need to, like, number one, hire somebody to sew for you. So you can start delegating these other um, parts of your job that aren't sewing. Um, And then you can at least narrow down exactly what it is and who it is that you want to hire. Um, I think that's the first step because you may surprise yourself to find out what it is that you actually want help with and what in your business is actually giving you the headache that you need to pass on. And once you, at least for me, once I was able to pass on kind of the more tedious um, parts of my job, I could really just enjoy the sewing and I'm the only one who sews for my job or, you know, at Sweet Francis Sewing Co., I'm the only seamstress for now because I was able to delegate other parts of the business. So I hope that helps you. So there you have it, 10 steps. I'm going to have this all listed out in the show notes as well. Um, Hopefully this uh, tapped into some of your big goals. And if uh, if not, maybe they helps you think about what the small actionable and I'm talking small steps could be to put your big goals into action. So let me know if this resonated with you. I would love to hear from you. Just want to give you that reminder to register for our um, package building webinar that we're having on April 21st and 22nd, and that is to build our fitting packages to offer to brides. If you're um, if you're interested in learning more, I'd love to have you. It's a completely free work workshop. So sign up for that. And for the month of April, I know I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but within our membership, we're really focusing on curating those relationships with our local wedding vendors. So our our local vendors are the ones who know our brides, and we may even have the same brides in common. Um, it's so important as a uh, service-based business to develop these local relationships with our local wedding vendors. I love social media, and we can get so much accomplished through that, but really those in-person connections are so invaluable for the type of work that we do. You know, we're not selling things. We're not selling like digital products. We're selling our in-person 
personalized services. So want to make sure we have those strong connections. So if you're interested in joining the website for that training or the membership, I'm sorry for that training, you can head to secretsofbridalseamstresspodcast.com and uh, click on the links there for more information. Okay, I hope this is helpful. Let me know what you think. Have you been able to put any of these in motion? I'd love to hear from you. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Some of you might be on spring break. So enjoy the spring break for me. I'm in the middle of a windstorm. So yeah. Okay. Hopefully I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks everyone.